Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. Of course, I'm your host, Josh. Uh, Corey's not joining me today. We're talking raids and the brand new Root of the Nightmares raid. And joining me today is our Crucible Battlemaster and one of my day one raiding friends, Dealer. Welcome to the show, Hello. Dealer. Hello. How you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, after uh, two days of, uh, con- well, really like a day and an hour of contest mode, uh, we have conquered the raid. The first time either one of us has uh, gotten a contest clear. What was uh, the final estimation we came out at? at how many hours you and I spent? I think out it, was, it was 17 hours total. About 17 total? Not counting the minutes. Not, yeah, not, not counting minutes. Um, we... We went until about 3 a.m. Central the first day um, before calling it and then came back the next day with uh, with Joe uh, when he got off of work. But it was us, Joasis, Fox, Nadiki, and Rex. Uh, sh- also, uh, shout out to uh, Melon, who jumped in, uh, was uh, working on old Nezarak with us there at the end. Uh, so let's, let's go through this raid a little bit step by step i want to talk, I'll talk a little bit about the overall like design of it uh when you first board the pyramid it's kind of unlike anything we've seen in the game before it's a pyramid that's mixed with like all these like vines and flowers and it gets crazier the further into the raid that you go uh what'd you think about that uh it was a great a lot better looking than Val was in the rest of the raids. I love just the looking around more than in this raid than the rest of them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I loved how bright it was, personally. Uh, it was a nice change from all the dark corridors of Val, King's Fall, Vault of Glass. I, I love King's Fall, don't get me wrong. Uh, y'all y'all listen to the show know King's Fall is one of my all-time favorite Destiny experiences, but it was nice to have something that, like, had the lights turned on really the first one since like Deepstone crypt where things aren't just super dark all the time uh it was a, it was a really nice change of pace but i like when you go through the raid and everything kind of you end up back at the start similar to Deepstone, you end up back at the start because the whole area around you is changing constantly throughout the raid you know you you start out there at the the first encounter you're doing all the dunking. You can actually see Nezarak's coffin right in the middle of the encounter. And uh, I did test this. I, I ran up to it. I uh, loaded back in this this morning and ran up there. You can see him being rebuilt inside of it during the first encounter. You know, like, just see his head and like his shoulders kind of hanging out in there. And like there's like little strands coming off his body, um, like little tendons. And then throughout it, with the jumping puzzle and second encounter where you're launching yourself back and forth, um, if you look up from there, you can see where the uh, final encounter will be if you were to look up. So in final encounter, you can look down and see the areas where we're shooting ourselves back and forth with the cannons. Um, After second encounter is when things get really funky. That's when you start seeing all the roots growing and you start jumping between the ruined parts of the ship, basically working your way back to where you started. Um, And the final fight takes place on a completely terraformed platform. There's also a tree that's growing um, 
I'm going to say off to the left-hand side because that's, for most encounters, it is off to your left. You can see it when you go in. It's it's like a bulb that hasn't bloomed yet. Um, it's I, almost identical to the Tree of Silver Wings from Season of Arrivals. Uh, you guys remember that activity um, that we did with Eris, and she, she would send us into the Ascendant Plane each week for a mission. It's very similar to that. And it blooms throughout the raid and grows, and it's a full-blown tree by the time you're fighting Nezirak. Um, I didn't really catch that my first time through, uh, but I did uh, catch it on some subsequent playthroughs I was watching and uh, watching people speedrun it. So this this first encounter, like you, you're introduced to the main mechanic. Um, we had two very different jobs here. You and I did. Yeah, yeah uh, we did. <laughs> Fox and I figured out pretty quickly we kind of needed to do like a relay with the seeds and that we now know that just one person can do it in that section. Uh, you don't need two people doing it. I think it made it easier for us having two people doing it. It gave it definitely gave us more time. Um, and I like on contest, I'm definitely gonna, I, I will always err on the side of caution. Um, what was, what was it like doing, not just doing the ad clear, but like trying to clear, I guess like trying to clear paths for us because there were, there were a lot of guys and it got worse the further we got. I, I remember more than a couple of times I was chucking heavy or throwing supers, just trying to clear platforms for uh, Rex to get a better vantage point uh, on some of the champs that were spawning. Yeah. So when we were clearing the ads, we had to watch, watch for the tormentors. We had to watch for the champions and we had to get the scions, but we didn't know what path that y'all would be taking because wasn't it randomized for you? Yeah, it, it was. It was. I'm sh I'm sure that it's not randomized, but I mean, the two times that we got out of the starting section, we we came close to finishing. So we, uh, I think it was like our second or third run, we made it all the way to the third section of platforms, almost to the fourth, and then when we finally, the time that we got past third, we just we ran with it. We figured out where it was going to go quickly. Um, for us, Fox was the one who kind of noticed which way it would indicate, but us trying to... And subsequent runs will be a lot smoother, but, like, we didn't have set callouts of which one to go to. We just knew... <laughs> we knew Flower. Flower was where you were going to end no matter what. Um, but it taught you how to relay um, the, fir the first set of seeds. Um... And then they expand on that in the second the second one. So like we understood it, and we're trying to teach. Uh, we were, we were trying to teach. Uh, I believe it was you and Joe were running on yes. um, darkness side. That was that. I think this is. I know a lot of people have complained about this encounter because the uh, the cannons that you shoot yourself with are a little janky. Uh, we definitely experienced our share of those. Uh, we had a couple scuffed runs because like. Rex and I, I know on our side, accidentally were launching ourselves over to y'all's side because it was just, it was a weird toggle. Uh, I was launched straight into a vine and killed at one point. Um, it was just that second platform, specifically on my side, that was kind of screwing us. Just everything would go downhill in a hurry if we didn't have uh, Rex's bubble popped or have a well. I, de I definitely think that that was the survivability factor on contest over there was just, Hey, if you could just drop like a well in the middle of all that, you were fine. 
but also like more than one person needed to be picking up the buff. We did learn that more than one person could pick it up as long as they weren't the one shooting it. They had to be in the bubble when somebody shot it. And they could have the buff, the pop, uh, the centurion shields. Man, when those bosses would come out, they were fucking tanky. They they like, were very strong. I don't and I like I don't when I when I say tanky, I don't mean like, oh my god, they were bullet sponges. It was just because only you could only damage them if you had the buff, it it definitely added a layer of challenge, which I was happy for because I had to think about how to approach this. I couldn't just like brute force it uh right off the bat like I was getting used to. I couldn't just like walk through there with my LMG. Uh, so that was kind of nice. But if I had if I had the buff, then cool. As long as somebody's like you know dropping a rift on me, they're they're gonna die. Um, and then once we get up to third, we we had it. Um, I think the most infuriating thing about this entire raid, though, I have to say, is that jumping puzzle. Absolutely, man. Like I like a good jumping puzzle, but this. And I think, like, I think as a jumping section, there is nothing wrong with this. I There's some combat in it, which I really like. Um, I like that you have to think about some of your jumps. His fucking darkness wave, though, um, that will wipe you. I just, now I understand why there's no, I don't think there's a triumph for doing it flawless. Or at least there's not a reward tied to it if there is. There's no title, and there's no, like, shader or anything tied to Flawless this time. I now understand why. That jumping... And I get the point of the jumping puzzle is to, like, teach you about his attack, but... And, like, teach you how to create the safe zones for Nezarak's fight. But it's really annoying... If anything, you should have been doing this on the way up to Nezarak and not before the third encounter. Because third encounter basically tells you, okay, take all that knowledge you just got, set it off to the side. Like, you're done. You're not going to use this. On top of that, I mean, there's there's clearly secret rooms that we didn't know what to do with. We could not get through the door to advance. So we brute forced our way around. I don't I don't know anybody who's gotten that door open. In so the jungle puzzle. That door, so, so when you get in that encounter to start with, on your way up, there's several doors and areas you need to open that'll let you continue on. We missed those rooms. I talked Oh, to those. okay. That that explains a lot. That explains a lot. Mo most of them brute forced, but there was two or three teams that I talked to, and I watched one of them do it. They breezed through it like it was nothing when they didn't know what was going on. It just worked huh. out for them. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that somebody figured it out. Um but I do think it's really, really funny that uh, we were able to uh, jump around. I think that was personally hilarious. That was amazing. Um, yes, e even the uh, the lowly Xbox player was able to do it. Um, I think other than that, though, I actually really like that jumping puzzle. I think it it feels very, not in terms of like, difficulty but it feels like very whisper of the worm-esque in terms of jumping and like the aesthetic and things like that like having to jump on narrow ledges and run along them having to make sure your jumps are exactly right but that that fucking darkness blast from Nezarak, i fucking hate that thing absolutely hate that thing um the third encounter 
I want to talk about this one a little bit. This is not only not only is this the best encounter in the raid. I'm going to go so far as to say this is one of the more creative encounters Bungie's ever done in a raid. You walk into this giant room, and anyone who you know played the Witch Queen campaign and remembers the end cutscene where we first saw the witness will instantly recognize this room. This is his planet room. You see the stuff along his walls that we saw in the cutscene, and then you see the planet room there. And it's really cool because this, you instantly recognize a couple of the planets. You you can spot, you know, you can spot Jupiter, you can spot Io, uh, Mercury, I believe Mars is up there, and um, Titan. We, we, we pointed out uh, Io, Mercury, and Titan for sure. And the cutscene that played after, uh, pardon the paint one, uh, world's first kind of confirms that we're going to go back to those planets. Those four planets are specific. Those planets are specifically shown in the cutscene, um, revolving around the witness. But this goes back to the whole two truths and two lies things that Savathun did with us in the post campaign content last year, where she says, we will gain the ability to move the planets and that, uh, Io, uh, Mercury, and Titan are in her care. So that was kind of cool to see those and like that those planets like specifically correspond to us doing damage also. This encounter was kind of wild. We we were having to swap planets back and forth, get, get the light planets on one side, get the dark planets on the other. We had this figured out fairly quickly. I was actually proud of how quickly we figured this out, but we overthought it. We're like, there's no way it's that simple. And proceeded to second guess ourselves and do the wrong thing for the next three hours. Like moving, we were trying to move four planets across and then we were like, huh, why isn't this working? And realized, oh shit, we accidentally took like all the light planets to the dark side and all the dark planets to the light side. That was a mistake. But what, what'd you think about, again, uh, completely different roles here. What'd you think about that? Uh, when we first walked into the room, just how how big it was was one thing for me. Like it is a massive room. And then when I was standing up on the center planet, whenever y'all would move them, I'd be able to just watch how they'd shifted across the room. It was completely new. I love the way it worked out. You got smacked I, by I, a planet think, a couple times. Yeah, if I didn't get off that planet in time, it would kill me when y'all moved it, and or it would send me across the room, and I didn't want to be over there. But uh, yeah, hey, uh, one real and uh, like a really quick tip there. Trinity Ghoul was doing some work in that room. It was clearing out them ads a whole lot better than any other weapon I could. And yeah, being especially from where you were. Point, yeah, I, that I, vantage point I had, the boss would just aggro me, and it kind of helped y'all out on the ground, not have it, his aggro as often. It was funny, like if you could take his aggro, or I could, because I had kind of a perfect hiding spot where I was on my platform not that not that i was hiding but i had a perfect way where like okay i can i can see the scions coming in behind me i can see the boss i can clear ads in mid and i can take out my uh centurion when he spawns uh again pretty tanky guy Sa same kind of health as in the second encounter um little tanky they're not too bad but like i had the luxury of also being able to shred them using my heavy um I think it's, it's so important that, like, whoever's on ad clear is not only shooting in the mid, but they have to watch those doors. They have to watch the spawn doors there. 
uh, because those scions, if they get behind you, they'll kill you. They'll they'll boop you up and you'll get one shattered. Um, when we actually went to damage, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I was a little disappointed in damage here, not because like it is it like it is gated and you you can force it through the gate, but it was disappointing because. I really was hoping we were past the let's drop a well and DPS type of encounter. I thought we we learned from Vow of the Disciple and how much everybody loved the Rolk fight. My first thought was like, okay, well, you know, it's still a pretty unique encounter. We're, we're treating this similar to Caretaker. Caretaker was a cool encounter too. I really liked the verticality of it, jumping up and having to shift floors um, every damage phase. I enjoyed all that. So I guess it's not exactly the same, but it's just it kind of left a bad taste in my mouth just thinking about the DPS, even though there there is a unique method to it. Like he'll try and take away a platform and you have to go back. So it's critical you have all three. The actual uh, I want to say like the actual health of yellow bars and majors and things like that never seemed to be a problem for us. It was always the like the mini bosses, the the uh, Colossus. Those always seem to be our problems. Especially, like, if they started shooting blinding rockets at us. That seemed to be the issue, because then it was like, well, I don't want to burn my heavy, but, you know, I hope... If you're running, like, double special, for example, hope one of those is a sniper. Um, it got to the point where I was using a sniper in in Nezerak. In fact, we'll, we'll talk about Nezerak now. I switched to using a sniper, because I, was, I wasn't having a whole lot of luck with Arbalest. But I was trying to get stuns and take out the Colossuses as they spawn. And that can get a little hectic. Um, it can. You and I did every single roll in Nezerak. I did not stun. That's the only <laughs> you, okay. thing I did not you did not, you, you did not oh. stun. Taking his aggro... So I want to start there. Taking his aggro is the single most terrifying thing that I've done in a raid. That boy moves so fucking fast. It is terrifying. I couldn't figure out when... So Fox was consistent. Joe and Fox were getting our stuns consistently. But the couple times that I would take them, it took me getting the stuns a couple times to realize, oh, that's why you're screaming every time he comes at you. That's why. Because he, he, has, only, he only has eyes for you. So you're trying to like bob and weave through left or through right with a boss chasing you. And you're kind of hoping your other stunner can get a shot in to take the aggro away. You want to try and like contain him in the middle, but it's really hard to do that and stay alive. Um, I think his attack, once I put, once I had void resistance and concussive dampener, he was not, unless he landed directly on top of me, like basically did the Titan slam on me. I was not dying to him. He did not one-shot me ever again after that. Like, that's... I think that's got to be part of the secret there. Um, what What did you think about... the? I, I want to hear from you what you thought about the running. Because you... You and I both had success, but you were able to do it fast enough to where we didn't even have to stun on the first encounter. See, for, for the running part... It, it's a lot of fun to do, but you got to be quick with it to avoid that wipe mechanic. Mm -hmm. But in Warlock with the Acres Dash, and I no longer had my uh, Well of Radiance. I had the, like, Slam Well. So mm -hmm. if I got hit by anything, I could just slam down. Or if I had the debuff from the boss that makes you jump up in the air, 
I could negate it by just taking myself back to the ground to hit the ball. Mm -hmm. But you had to be really fast with it on that first, on the first and first, I guess, first damage phase, first section of it. Because then when you proceed to the second one, you lose 10 seconds. So you, we really had to get that stun off for the second phase if we weren't fast enough. Yeah, I, I, it was fun watching that and seeing just how wild it was getting. And then we tried so many, we had that down and then we just kept trying different platforms for damage. We definitely, we had our success in back on back left flower. It's a bit hazardous because he can throw you off the side. I still think ideally we would want to go to where Astacross did or like try and force it from where uh, you and I were watching uh, Sweat do damage from when he was doing his uh, yes. one phase challenge. But Nezarak moves so He moves so much. And that, I think that's fine. I think that's actually like a good way to like, oh, he's not just standing there trying to attack you, you're wailing on him, things like that. I saw Mylan, uh, Mylan Games say that. He, they didn't. They didn't even think to well because uh, he can negate you out of your super. He he can. Uh, what what do you call it? He can um, suppress you. Yeah, he can suppress you. He goes. So we didn't even think to put down a well. He goes. He's like we put on roaming supers and let him chase us around. We just like all kind of like bullied him into uh, in into an area and just like wailed on him uh, in a circle. He like took a little bit longer, but um, we thought that's how you're supposed to do the encounter. I think that's actually a really fun. I think that sounds really fun to try. You get a couple get a couple titans on thunder crash. Um, you know, maybe warlocks on some nova bombs. Hunters use whatever. I think that actually could be like a fun little you know thing to see. Like, especially now that normal is out, um, you know, see how that works out for you. But it seems like you can do just about anything. The boss, it, his health is not insane. He was never our problem. Our problem was the survivability, specifically with the Colossuses. That specifically seemed to be the biggest issue for us. And then Combined we had the, with, occasional, uh, the, we had the occasional purple orbs he would shoot that would just one-shot somebody randomly. So, yeah, I, I want to I take note of that for a second. Like I said, I had an issue with that one time, and then I changed up my... I changed up my mods and I was okay. And I was trying really hard not to sound critical when we were doing our run, but that's why I like kept asking. I was like, does everyone have void resist, at least void resistance on like I had void resistance and con concussive dampener because concussive dampener uh, negates or at least uh, severely uh, takes down the effect that uh, area of effect damage has on you. And that's what was helping me with that, uh, with the third boss as well. <clears throat> in planets with his fire attack it wasn't insta killing me i had a chance to dive out of it insta or like jump or something like that um i was finding i was finding those two together was working really really well for me um and then like we said uh it wasn't it wasn't terrible i don't i don't think that damage here was half as bad as it was with rolk Especially for a contest raid, um, you you did not clear Rolk last year. Um, what what would you say that the? Uh, sorry to bring up painful memory. <laughs> what would uh, 
what would you say the health situation was like with Rolk versus Nezirak? It's like probably like night and day, right? Yeah, he had, he seemed to have a lot more health or a lot more resistance. But we were able to get the damage last year. We just couldn't survive because he'd keep knocking people off the platform. We I would also note last year it was a lot harder for us to stand on a well. Absolutely. You could not stand around. You had to constantly no. move in that encounter. And I think that's why so many of us like the final fight in Val so much. Like Val, my problem with Val was never that. It's teaching exhibition that I don't like to do. The rest of Val, I think, is an outstanding raid. Um, so over, overall, would you say you, you like the raid? Um, do you see yourself running this regularly? What do, what do you think about the raid as a whole? And then we're going to talk loot. Uh, I play a lot of PvP, so I don't interact in a lot of raids sure, after I get sure. the exotic. But I okay. definitely see myself running this raid a lot more than I've ran every other raid we've ever gotten in Destiny. Really? I do. I really enjoyed the way okay. this raid worked. I loved the planets. I loved the final boss. Even the first two encounters, I absolutely loved it. I think this is going to be one of those. It's going to be like Deepstone Crypt, where it's super easy to run. If you don't know what you're doing, though, well, similar to Deepstone Crypt, if you don't know how to do it efficiently, Atrax can really hang up groups even now that are learning. Um, I think that Planets is going to be that encounter here. Absolutely. Planets, but the, the rest of this, I think this is going to be, I think this is a really good raid to introduce people to raiding, to get them to fall in love with endgame PvE. I think this is a good start. That doesn't mean I think it's a good challenge necessarily, but I think this on normal is going to be similar to Deep Stone. This is going to be one of those where it's like, okay, we got the hooks in you, and we're going to hit you with the punch next year and give you a harder raid, hopefully. Um, I think that would be my biggest critique of the raid overall is, and I, I want to be really clear here, like we're not like top 1% raiders or anything. Like we said, this is our first contest clear and some numbers for, for reference here. Um, for uh, all Destiny 2 contest clears. Um, <laughs> Last Wish had two fire teams finish it. Uh, Scourge of the Past, 954. Crown of Sorrow, 104. Garden of Salvation, 96. Deepstone Crypt, 5,325. That was where we saw the first complaints of, this raid is too easy. We got those complaints with Deepstone. Vault of Glass comes back out, 6,780. King's Fall, 8,650. Vow to Disciple last year, 6,829. Would you like to... I'm assuming you haven't seen the full numbers of Fireteam Clears yet. Correct. <clears throat> Would you like to take a guess how many we had? I'm a guess. With how we experienced the raid, I'll say at least 10,000. So, I have two numbers for you. Day one completions... So first 24 hours, which I would like to note we would have been a part of if uh, we hadn't called it. 17,000 in the first 24 hours. Over the next 24 hours, the final count at the end of contest mode after 48 hours, 45,541 fire teams. Cleared Root of Nightmares. That's a big difference from the rest of the raids. That's more than massive. that's more than every single other raid 
both regular and challenge mode combined in its contest period. Across both games. That is insane. That's insane. So I, I want I wanna I wanna talk about a couple things with these numbers. One, if you're Bungie and you're looking at this, you've probably got one you you've probably got a couple different thoughts. One, you're probably fucking thrilled that that many people engaged with your raid on day one and got a clear in contest mode in the first 48 hours. That That's huge. That's huge for you. You were you had a highlighted partnership with Twitch. Everybody was really looking forward to this. Even if you didn't like the campaign, you were probably like, man, I'm really looking forward to this raid. Or two, you're looking at this and you're going, well, shit. Because... I actually think that the mechanics are fine in this. I will agree. I think there probably needed to be a hard DPS check somewhere. Um, whether that was Nezirak or in Planets. Plan- and I will say this. I think more people engaged with Contest than ever before. I think that, that comes with the territory of growing your game as much as it has since Witch Queen was announced. We've seen just a meteoric rise in the amount of people playing this game. And we know that launch of expansions and launch of raids always bring people back to Destiny. Always. Every time. And I so I don't think that, like, seeing... See, these numbers really jump when Deepstone Crypt comes out. That's the first big jump, and then this is the second. Deepstone Crypt was about two and a half years ago now. Seeing this many people engage, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. I think that actually means that the game is in a really healthy spot. You've got more people willing to try this. And I think there's such a big jump from day one to day two in terms of how many teams cleared it. Because we had more than double the amount of day one cleared on day two of contest mode. But you have that many people who probably saw the strats that were being run, saw that Worlds First took two and a half hours and went, hey, I wonder if we could do that. Especially once guides were coming out at about the 14 hour mark is when Datto and Fallout were publishing their guides, I know for sure. I I had friends who decided yesterday morning, like, hey, we're going to take a stab at this. And they were messaging me last night, shortly after our clear, maybe three, four hours after our clear, going, man, we fucking did it. We did it. We were in there for like 10 hours, but we did it. And that, I think that thrills, that not think, like that does thrill me to see because I want that health across the whole game. I want that many people thinking I can engage with that. Like I want to see a revamp on that level for things like trials and iron banner. I want people to think I, I want them to see end game experiences across the game and say, I can do that. I can, I can engage with this. But so like as someone who focuses primarily on PVP, what is, what does that tell you that 45,000 teams cleared this? I don't know if this is, unique clears like this could be people running back through it again we know a lot of people were running it on all three characters once they figured out how to do it uh what is your initial gut reaction to that first reaction is this had more players just in two days than i could be wrong but it's it's gonna be pretty close and trials had any weekend the last five six seasons yeah, I would say since the Trials relaunch. Yeah, I think the tri- Trials relaunch is the yeah. only thing that probably would have been higher. That like that first that first season of it. First, yeah. first season of it. Ever since then, it's just it's dropped. But yeah. there's a that just seeing the numbers shows okay. There's still a lot of people playing this game. Yep. And a lot of these players might be newer players that have come in and just managed to do it. Uh, my buddy who messaged me yesterday has only been playing for a year. 
So I would still, I would consider him a newer player. Yeah, with how many people, now there's still a lot of teams who didn't manage to finish this race, but with how many people are playing the game, that's, I'd say it's a good thing. I'd say the game's yeah. growing, it's getting a lot more attraction with how many people are able to do the in-game content and do all the harder difficulty stuff, they might want to engage in more of it. For, for sure. I, I think this gave a needed confidence boost to a lot of players who don't consider themselves like top Raiders or top PVE players. People who, like like me, who are typically like, well, I'll go in, try it, see what I can do in contest. I've never made it past the second encounter in contest before. And I was able to do this. This gave me the confidence to say, I'm absolutely going for a clear on Wrath when it comes out this fall. I'm absolutely going for a contest clear. I'm absolutely going for one next spring with Final Shapes Raid. Absolutely. I said before we went in, I was debating if I was even going to do this. Like, my team and I that I normally go with, we kind of decided after King's Fall, like, eh, our hurt really isn't in it to try and get a contest one. We like the challenge of contest, but it's just the DPS checks always beat us. That's what beat us. Not mechanics, DPS checks. And this one, though, I think because it was lacking a big DPS check, kind of gave me the confidence. But the team that we had, we would have beaten a DPS check. I'm fully confident in that. We had a very solid DPS with this whole team. We did, and we had we had a team that was unselfish and willing to change up wherever they were needed to, take any role they needed to. If it took an extra half hour, like when we uh, proposed that Rex uh, practice running, and that was after Joe left, we proposed that Rex practice running. He's like, ah, man, I, I don't know. And I, I'm not I'm not bad-mouthing him here or anything. He was like, ah, I don't know. I don't really want to. We are like, dude, just, just do it. Try it a few times. See if you like it. And he was like, all right, and after about the fourth run, he goes, "Okay, I got this. I can do this. I got this. You got you guys stunned and clear. I I will run." And that's when it came together for us. If we had figured if we had figured out a half hour earlier, we have that clear on night one. One thousand percent. The other thing I want to point out with this is, I think that this whole the whole discourse surrounding this raid for the last couple of days is kind of pulled out a really ugly side of the community um for the last year or so all we've heard is oh there's so many toxic pvp players there's so much toxicity and you're gonna get that in any online game right like has anybody here ever played you know call of duty or apex or even like you know back in the day uh halo 3 lobbies there there's always been toxic players when you can you can do lobby chat or you can, you know, talk to other players, especially now with text chat being in game as much as it is. You talk shit. We just had it. We had it yesterday. We had tryhards and mayhem. Right. <laughs> shout, shout out Charles. Um, but there it's important to remember there is a very toxic side of this game when it comes to PVE. And I think toxicity in PVE is taking it. I think it takes a couple different forms. I think there are the people who, and I don't know if I would call this toxic behavior. I would call it like more annoyance to the, to the greater chronically online player base. So like, cause the vast majority of people who play this game don't know about like the drama with certain streamers or world's first players. I, most of my friends who are not chronically online have no idea who somebody like salt greppo or, any of them are who are like, Oh, we need to nerf this. We need to nerf that. You know, things like this should be changed. This wasn't challenging enough. They're like, nah, fuck it. Like I'm not online. I don't care about that. Like I, I had a good time. I had a challenge. I think the people who are like making personal attacks are getting way out of hand. 
and it's just yes i do find it annoying like you know he was just calling for example he was calling for a well of radiance nerf well now we know why there wasn't a well of radiance nerf because they kind of plan on you using it in nezarak you kind of have to most teams on contest had to use it. I think on regular, you might be able to get away without it. Or without at least as many as we had. But I understand, and I, I want to say, like, I understand the complaints of for those top teams that are always doing the race, who are always getting those contest clears, even if they're getting it at the end of contest. I understand the complaint of this content is not hard enough for you. And I do think that when you see 45,000, I... I love seeing that number as someone who has never gotten a clear. I'm happy I was part of that, but I also understand the prestige of getting it, that this is a big deal, especially when the number used to be a hell of a lot smaller. I mean, like I, I look at those garden clears, 96 fire teams cleared garden in 24 hours. That's in. And when you look at that rate, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I understand why only that many last wish, you know, we all know the Datto meme, you know, 2402. We all know the Datto meme here. You know, he was third in the world and he finished it after contest. Like the, the, I think the best take I saw was there, there is a difference between this was a, this was an appropriate challenge for the top teams and we had fucking fun. That's the only thing that should matter is did first off, did you have fun? Yes or no? That, that is the first question you have to ask yourself. I think with this raid and the answer, I think for us is both a resounding. Yes. We really love this raid. We really like how accessible it is. We like the we like the encounters. You know everything the dealer was saying. You know he 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 likes it. He he sees himself running it. You know this is going to be a fast clear once teams get it down. That jumping puzzle is going to screw more teams up speed running this than anything else. Nezarak is going to be an awesome spoils farm. I'm ex I'm excited to run this raid more. But I can also empathize with the people who wanted a greater challenge because contest is supposed to be the hardest the raid will ever be. And I can kind of get the frustration of, damn, somebody got through it in two and a half hours. Damn. But the last thing I will say is we have to remember that the player base is not exclusively people who can clear these raids in three or four hours on their first go in contest. The majority of players are, you know, somewhere around our skill level who yeah we did it because we had that extra time and we figured it out we would have been in that seventeen thousand otherwise like the majority of us are like from spot ten thousand back easily if you do that that's only sixty thousand individuals who clear and this game is estimated to have over a what over a million uh, active players whenever a raid comes out raid and expansion that's kind of crazy I, I I don't know. Do you, you have any thoughts on the difficulty before we uh, difficulty of contest mode or not lack thereof before we move on? See, without you saying the numbers of how many people cleared it, I wouldn't know. I'd I would have guessed maybe twenty thousand total within the forty eight hours. But hearing yeah. the numbers and then seeing that was that was my we, guess for the record was twenty thousand across both. Yeah, after we cleared it, and we can see that the encounters themselves. Like, the mechanics, I don't think they were too <clears throat> difficult to do. They were straightforward most of the time. Mm -hmm. It was just the the amount of damage that you were taking in constantly was the only hard part. I think if they would have made the mechanics just a little bit harder, but adds hit just a little bit less, 
it would have been fantastic. Yeah, I, I I agree. I definitely agree. Um, let's let's talk loot real quick. Did you get Did you get any weapons? Let, let's start there. I got two trace rifles. Okay. Did you get Did you get any rolls? You like? There's some spicy rolls on that trace. Oh yes. Uh, the first one I got was re rewind rounds incandescent. I can't say that word. Ooh. And then the, okay. And then the second one was reconstruction incandescent, which I'm a big trace rifle guy. Yeah. I'm definitely gonna be running this. There's no doubt. I'm definitely gonna be using this a lot of the time. So I think you can roll rewind and target lock on this. And I'm very excited to see that uh, see that combo out in the wild. And it is worth noting these are raid weapons. These are all craftable as well. So I'm I, I will be going back in purely for this and for the auto rifle because I did not get a I did not get a weapon drop until the very end. I was getting increasingly upset that we hit both secret chests and I just got armor from them since I had nothing else. Um, but the armor ended up actually helping me so much. Uh, this is the first raid in a long time where I felt like the mods actually help you. Um, and I... I don't know if I'll wear it every time I go in there, but it definitely, for, for me, it made a difference in the Nezerak fight. Uh, I was wearing the chest piece, and uh, you and I were both wearing great armor, I believe, correct? Yes, yes we were. Yeah, I we, think we uh, had the same mod, too. Yeah, we had, we had the same with the um, Cabal Exterminator, I think, is what it's called. That's it. Um, we we both had that on. I When I was running, I had the one on that any time that you lost the buff, you got health regen. And that was helping me a lot when uh, he would decide to attack me or I'd get pinned down by a Colossus. I could stay alive having that, uh, doing that into my dodge. Um, that Cabal Exterminator, man, any time that... For those, for those of you who haven't looked at the mods, this thing is wild. Anytime that a teammate picks up either a light or a darkness buff, you get a buff to your damage on all Cabal opponents. That would have made a world of difference in that second and even in that third encounter. Well, I guess third encounter, it doesn't matter because you're not picking up those. But that second encounter, it would have made a world of difference. Like, Because I, I, was, I was struggling at times with uh, just a sheer amount of ads and not really being able to efficiently add clear. Um, game changer. Absolute game changer. Uh, the weapon I finally got, I got two rolls of the auto rifle. Um, and I really like this thing. It's a set, it's a 720. So same frame as, uh, as Chroma rush and as crate. Uh, it's a strand auto rifle. I got it with uh, one of them with um target lock and no not target lock with um hatchling and thresh which is the one i've been playing with and that is that's nutty in a strand build even by itself it's nutty i really like that and then i got um oh what was my other one my other one might have been no it wasn't target anyways my other one had thresh on it as well and i don't remember what the first perk was but i haven't used it nearly as much as the hatchling one that one's just been so much fun for me I've really enjoyed it. Um, th thing has a huge magazine too. It's it has like sixty bullets in it. It's wild. I can't wait to run this in every single activity from now until the end of time. I love it. I absolutely love this auto rifle. Um, thankfully, one of them is a red border. Even though I had to buy it out of the chest, 
I will do a Nezerak encounter every single week just to get that chest. That's an easy that's an easy five minute in and out on normal. As far as I'm concerned. Um and with you being a PvP guy, I gotta know what do you think of the, I know you don't have the exotic. What do you think about what you've seen of the exotic shotgun though? I was seeing some people use it and it it looked from the range they were shooting it at, just testing it around in custom games, that it was like Chaperone. It's a slug, and it was mm-hmm. mapping people. And then the incandescent that it would hit on them, if it was their, I think it was their second shot, Yep. it would scorch the nearby players, and they'd already be half dead. So you just swap, and two or three bullets, everybody that got hit by it was also dead. Yeah, that's that's going to be awesome. It's going to change the game. It's, it's going to change the game. You're going to have to plan for it now. Like, that's... This is the first raid exotic in a hot minute where I think, like, in PvP, you're like, oh, shit, when you see it. The last time, I think, really was Vex at its height, when Vex first came out. And that was largely because we had the uh, we had the fusion mods that season. So it's been, it's been a couple years since we really had a raid where we were like, oh, God, oh, dear. Uh, with a raid exotic in there. I really, really, really enjoy this this shoddy. What I've seen of it, uh, I don't use slugs, and I will be running it as soon as I get it. That is, um, still, still working on a couple of other raid exotics. It took me how many years to get one K? Like five years. So we, uh, <laughs> jury may be out a little bit on this one. <laughs> um, any any final thoughts? Uh, on the raid as we wrap up here for for, uh, for raid talk we, we've got questions and we're going to rank the raid after this i think we've covered all on the raid that i have okay just that uh the second encounter i was rerunning it with some people last night helping them get through because once we got our clear done i went back to people on my friends list who were still doing it and i went and redid the final boss i redid the planets and i redid the second encounter with the group Mm-hmm. That second encounter, they were struggling with the balls. And now that yeah. we had beaten it, I'd known you can do it solo. Yeah. So I was on my hunter because I didn't have the clear and I wanted more loot. I was just shatter skating across straight to the ball. It yeah, was so I was I was seeing people do that who were having problems solo. with it. They were just they they were just skating across. Like I feel like this raid's going to be one of the faster raids to run, like you were mentioning earlier. Yeah. Off a contest. You're going to be able to clear it very quickly. Yeah, I don't think that being able to run something fast is... Um, I don't think running something fast is a problem, necessarily. I Fast does not mean bad. It only means thing. bad if you're looking for a really hard, you know, challenge on contest mode. That's the only, that's the only part where it matters. Having a healthy balance of easy-to-run raids to teach and harder raids is good though like i think having raids like this and Deepstone are good but having raids like last wish garden and vow is also very healthy um, i saw someone trying to say that uh contest difficulty needs to, on root needs to be the base difficulty for it and i was just like you're out of your fucking mind you're absolutely out of your mind that is not the solution and that will discourage people from ever trying this raid there, there were people getting frustrated on second and third encounters some people on on uh, Twitter and Reddit saying they spent hours on the first encounter and couldn't get past it. So I was feeling pretty good. We got we got the planets about the time that Worlds first happened. 
So, yeah, I was feeling made it to the planets in two and a half hours, and I was feeling, and that was with us dicking around in the jumping puzzle. Absolutely, I was feeling, I felt really good about that. Um, and I mean, planets again, we would have been through planets relatively soon if we hadn't second guessed ourselves and gone, nah, that's too simple of a solution. There's no way we figured it out like that, and proceeded to do the wrong thing for several hours. So, uh, we do have a few questions, though. Uh, I think we've inadvertently answered a couple of these uh, while we've been just talking, just chatting it up here. Um, the first question we have is from Knox. Uh, Knox asked, what's the greatest lore revelation of the raid? Um, there's there's a few, and I haven't had the chance to read all the lore yet. We, we finished last night, and I just had a really low-key night, helped a friend finish the campaign on normal, and then just absolutely collapsed um as as uh luka Doncic would say i had a recovery beer uh or three uh but nox asks what's the greatest lore revelation i i think for me it's the explicit confirmation that sabathun killed nezarak during the collapse uh during earth's collapse um right before the ghosts are created she killed she killed nezarak but she didn't just kill him. She basically annihilated him. There was so little of his body left that it's essentially implied that Nezarak's body that he has in the raid is not actually his body. So, uh, Dealer, did you have a favorite like story or lore revelation um, that, you, that you've heard or seen uh, from the raid? I was going to say the same thing you did. Savathun killed uh, Nezarak. Yeah. Oh man, it it was kind of cool, and it like I think it kind of implies that Nezarak's sin, you know, the the name of the helmet, probably comes from his failure to stop Savathun or failure to see her coming betrayal, you know, with her being the goddess of trickery. I, I think another close um, second for me from the lore that I've been reading is it's implied that Nezarak was active on Earth for years leading up to the collapse. He took on a different form as like a shaman or something, probably and was sowing uh, doubt and fear uh, in the mind of humans, uh, similar to what he's doing in Neomuna through the Vex network, um, as we come to find through the Vex network and through the, the Cloud Arc. That's the whole reason why we go into the Pyramid to stop him here, um, when he says that we've heeded his invitation. Um, so I, I think there's, there's some stuff there, and uh, there's some other revelations. Uh, it's kind of implied that he was probably worshipped by Scions, at one point, um, well, not at one point, he definitely was worshipped by Scions. And, you know, as we all know, Scions were inducted into the Cabal Empire. They're not actually Cabal. They're a completely separate species. So that that adds to it. We've all seen Nezarak Sin. We've all thought, oh, this kind of looks like a Scion helmet. And, you know, that's still the symbol of the raid is the helmet. So we're like, why aren't you wearing it? This is maddening. Uh <laughs> Tiger Jesus asked, what's something that was on the disabled list that you wished you would have had during the raid? So, uh, it could mean Jotun, that could mean Winterbite, uh, Threat of Ascent, Sight and Ramparts, um, Necrotic Grips. What, what is a piece of gear that was on the list that was banned that you would have liked to have been able to bring in? All the stuff that was banned, the only thing I had was Grand Overture. Oh, Grand Overture, that that was also on it. Yeah. It was. That's the only thing I had that we couldn't use. I appreciate that we saw that right as I was about to start grinding it out. Absolutely. 
I was I was gonna go grind because I haven't done the Catalyst Quest for yet. I was about to grind it out, and uh, I, Rex, uh, Nadiki, and Fox were all like, "God damn it, <laughs> we were all gonna bring it in." Um, for me, it was it's probably a tie between Threat of Ascent and uh, Winterbite. I would have really liked to have had Winterbite for some ad clear, especially in that first and second encounter where I was running. Uh, I think that would have helped a lot, but I can now see why it was. Especially seeing how close Nezarak was, I definitely understand why they disabled it. <laughs> I 100% get it now. Um, honorable mention to all the Warlocks who had to scramble to remake their builds 10 minutes before kickoff when we found out Necrotic Crypts were getting disabled. I also won't lie, Sightens would have really helped at a few points. But uh, I think the, the issue with Sightens is uh, the barricades are invincible, aren't they? Yeah, they were. they were very close. Yeah, damn, that would have really helped. <laughs> um, what was the next one? Um, Fox wants to know if we're doing this again, same time next, uh, if we're doing this again uh, together on the next raid. Absolutely. 100%. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Let's say, let's say hopefully. hopefully. <laughs> um. Nadiki asked, um, he, he wanted to ask us well, what our thoughts on the overall difficulty of the raid was on contest. I think, I think we've shared that. Um, I think we, you know, both pretty generally agree that, uh, it was, I don't know if I'd say just right. I'd probably would have like turned up the difficulty factor, like in terms of like, not just health, because I think making things tankier is lazy. Um, I would have probably bumped up the boss on both or the boss health on both Nezarek and the third boss by like, I don't know. Maybe a mil, maybe a mil, 500k to a mil. I think that would have been a fair, a fair enough challenge. Like teams, I think teams, gen, we probably would have struggled on Nez at that point for DPS just because we were running out of stuff. Yeah. It would have been Outbreak City at that point. Outbreak City or Rat Kings is what we would have gone to. And that's not even a joke. I 100% would have gone to those to do more damage. Um, and then our last question is, uh, it's Joe Asus, of course. Uh, asking us where does this raid fit in for <clears throat> our overall rankings? So uh, we'll go th we'll go through these pretty quickly. Um, as a reminder, there are I believe twelve raids in Destiny Two. Uh, you have the three the first three Leviathan raids. You got Last Wish, Scourge of the Past, Crown of Sorrow, Garden, um, Deepstone, Vault. Vow, King's Fall, and now uh, Ron. Where where would you where would you slot this in at? It's kind of hard for me to pinpoint a spot for it because it does feel like an easier raid, especially off a of contest. Yeah, let, let's 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 talk about it for a second. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm trying I'm trying to think about where I'd put it because I'd want to put it next to Deepstone and Vow. Okay. I enjoy them two raids a lot, and I never seem to have a lot of problems with it with the bugs that are in both of them. Yeah, that's probably where I'd stick it because King's Fall. I struggle with King's Fall, and then a Vault of Glass. I still don't understand all the Vault of Glass just because I don't do it a lot. I never enjoyed yeah. the raid completely. I just don't run it a lot. Don't so understand the whole thing. Our our Vault and Deepstone. Would you say those are in your top three? Deepstone's probably my top. Yes. Okay. Okay, so you, you would put this you put this below Deepstone, but above Vow. 
Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I gotta have a little bit of a different take. I think I have this on the fringes of my uh, of my top five. Um, so for for, start, for starters, you know we we've all very well established my top two are of course uh, Last Wish and King's Fall. Uh, when I take everything into account, I take I take encounter design, I take encounters, I take design, I take the story that's being told, the loot table. Um, that's the only thing that really kills Last Wish is the loot. Um, and um, just like overall like enjoyment that I have in the raid. I think those are like the two, those, those are what every raid should, should aspire to be. And I said last year in our Vow review that I thought that Vow very well could be the top raid in the game. And I think looking back on it after last year, Vow is probably my number three now. For me, I think this is probably going into my, and it's probably recency bias, that I'm willing to slot it in at four or five. And the only thing I would flip-flop it with is I would probably flip-flop it with Garden. Um, I still think Garden is one of the most challenging things, and I, I tend to skew to more towards the challenging raids being the top ones. Uh, of course, I'm leaving Wrath of the Machine off my list. I've never truly completed it. I feel wrong ranking it. Um, if Wrath was on here, though, because like, I have technically done every encounter, um, Wrath would probably bump Ron to number five for sure. It'd be between five and six for it. Um, and I want to say that's that's not bad. It should be a testament to how good the raid team is that we've had so many good raids recently. Like we've had so many ones you can run, just you you can just pop in and get like an hour's run out of. Um, sometimes I don't have the full time to commit to Kingstall. You know, if things like the initial jumping puzzle or like totems start going wrong, I may not have time to commit to multiple jumping puzzles a night or like you know to do Golgi or anything like that. But I can do a deep stone in 45 minutes flat, if not less. Rise of Nightmare, or Root of Nightmares, I feel is going to be kind of on that same level in terms of accessibility when contest mode is turned off. Of course, it's turned off now. I'm interested to see what people who play it on normal think, especially if they tried it on contest. <laughs> um, with, uh, like, 40 extra power enabled now. Um... Yeah, I, I don't want anybody to like hear this and be like, oh my god, he this guy's such a fucking snob. He's putting it at like five or six. I really loved Deep Stone when it came out too, and the only reason I, I have Deep Stone lower, I think, is because of just how easy it is. Like it's easier than some dungeons for me, and it's not a bad thing. It's I just I like I don't like the story that's told. That I don't, I don't know. It's it's all like kind of tight there though for me from from four to like seven i i could probably change any of those out at any time and be happy with my rankings um because I, I got garden i've got rise of nightmare F fuck it we're bumping garden down i i, I got i got rise at four or five it, it's it's one of those it's it's up there it's on the fringes of my top five does not mean it's a bad raid at all it's a very fun raid it might be the funnest raid in the game frankly for me right now And I think that the whole spoils system also putting putting the spoils in when they started Deepstone was a really good idea because Deepstone and Ron are so easy to just pop in and do a run or like go do a certain encounter over and over and over again. You know, we, we saw it with Vault of Glass. People would load in and uh, they play all the way up to Templar and then just farm Templar. You're going to have that with 
Ron. People are going to run all the way to Nezrak and then be sharing those checkpoints. Because he's going to be so easy to beat over and over and over again on normal. So I look I look forward to when we can farm those spoils in two seasons. <laughs> it's it's he he is he is the new daughter's checkpoint at Oryx. Uh, I would so, like to let you know there's already people hosting checkpoints for Raider oh Final Boss. Oh my god. Like as god. soon as contest was over, people there's a account sitting that you just join and you can have checkpoints. That's wild. That's well, so I have to assume that that's so people can log in and uh get two extra chances at the exotic then if they only cleared uh it once on uh contest mode. I have to assume that that's why you would want checkpoint at this stage because you can't farm. You can you farm can, spoils. You can. can you farm? Can you farm spoils? You can. I was getting spoils yesterday when I was rerunning it on my warlock. I was getting more spoils. Well, so yeah, you you get you get those because you get them on your you get them on each character each week. But I'm saying, like, did you do like so? If you when were to, I, if, if when you I were to go the final boss on my uh -huh. warlock, all I got from the chest was spoils. That, okay. Okay. Oh, I'm assuming you can farm it already. Well, shit, if you can farm it already, um, I may be farming Nezerak <laughs> tomorrow night. <laughs> because uh, I need I need to get my spoils up. I've only I've only got 120. I need to, I need to get them up because I plan on being able to craft at very least at the very least I plan on being able to craft the uh, auto rifle and the trace rifle. I like the perks on the shotgun, uh, but I want to get a roll to confirm it. And obviously, I'd rather have the exotic shoddy. Um, the linear is a little intriguing to me. It's a, it's a three round burst similar to the storm chaser, but it's solar this time. Um, and I think there's, uh, the heavy, I want to see what the heavy grenade launcher ends up looking like, even though heavy GLs are in a really bad place right now, overall. Um, I still want to see what that would look like with some buffs. So. Uh, that I think that's gonna do it for us, though. Any any last second final thoughts on contest mode, on raid weekend, on Ron, on any of that before we get on out of here? Uh, I think that's it. I think we've covered everything that I've got. All right. Well, we're gonna go ahead and get on here. Get get on out of here. I want to thank everybody for listening to this special episode of Tower Casuals, talking about the Root of Nightmares raid. You can, of course, find us hanging out in the Discord. Uh, I think Dealer and I are in there almost every day running stuff. He's always looking for people to come play some PvP. Uh, where else can we find you? You 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 stream occasionally. Where can we find uh, you? I do stream occasionally. Uh, Twitch.tv slash TheDealer1. TheDealer1. There you have it, folks. So, And, of course, you can always find me here every single Thursday when we record. I post th late Thursday night, early Friday morning. And Corey and I will be back with a brand new episode this week, uh, talking more about the seasonal storylines uh, and starting to talk about some of those, uh, some of the seasonal weapons. Uh, now that I'm finally getting some time with them, with the uh, contest being over. So until next time, take it easy, Guardians, and we will see you star side. <laughs>